0: This is the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red Podcast in association with Forty Five, 5 the new free-to-play score prediction game from The Pools. Simply predict five correct match scores and you could win up to twenty-five pounds And even if you suffer a near miss and get four match scores correct, there's still up to £2,000 to be won. To play Forty Five 5 this weekend, visit thepools.com. And remember, you need to be in the UK and over 18 to play. Right, today there is only three of us. We are the Fab Three. I'm Joe Rimmer taking on the Ian Doyle role as host and joining me today is back from international duty. After nine days away, sorting out his wardrobe, cleaning out his closet is James Pearce. Welcome back, James.
1: Great to be here, Joe. You okay?
0: Yeah. Did you have a good international break?
1: I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, uh, you know, uh, life admin sorted out. So uh, back in, back in here on Thursday and looking forward to proper football starting again at the weekend
0: is that wardrobe nice and organized not
1: it is yeah 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 a yeah, yeah. few few bags for the uh f- for the charity shop and um yeah i think it should keep me out the doghouse for <laughs> at least this weekend that's good until she can think of something else to moan about
0: <laughs> I, w- I hope i hope louise doesn't listen to this
1: podcast <laughs> i don't Unless, think she will yeah
0: you'll be in trouble Completing the trident today is the big man, the big red machine. It's Paul Gorse himself. How are we, Paul?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good. Especially after that, uh, that build up. Yeah, yeah. Just your wardrobe, Paul. Right? No, it's up the wall actually. Uh, but I don't know if he misses, so I'm all right. Um, she, should she listen to this podcast? Uh, no, but do you know what my mum does actually? Does uh, she? Do yeah, you wanna yeah give I give a shout out. I got an angry email on uh, last night. Funnily enough, of your mum. Yeah, yeah. she only email I'll explain. <laughs> I'll explain why, <laughs> why not four oh, more. Yeah. Because. Um, on the on Mondays, one was it when Christian Walsh gave a shout out to to me dad after we bumped into him last week. Me mum emailed me my, my last night saying, "Why is he like getting a mention on the podcast?" And I'm not. So, give a little mention to me <laughs> mum. What's, what's your mum's name? Anne. Anne Ghost.
0: No, Devro. Anne Devro. Uh, Apologies. Anne Devro. Hello, James. Do you want to say hello to Anne Devro?
1: Hello, Anne Devro. Yeah, that's there very you nice. Should we make
0: that What a lovely start. Do you, I might give a shout out to my mum. Karen Rimmer, hello, James. <laughs> would you like to give a shout
1: to you? Joan on? Pierce, love you.
0: Yeah, that's great. Lovely, lovely start. Right, anyway, now we've we've got on with the serious stuff. We can um, turn to the football. The football's back. Um, Jurgen Klopp isn't a big fan of the Nations League. Neither are we here at the Echo. Uh, it's been an incredibly difficult two weeks. We're trying to trying to find things to talk about, but finally, we can talk about the football again. What did Klopp have to say about the Nations League today in his press conference, James? <laughs> well,
1: the, the funny thing was, he wasn't actually really asked directly about the Nations League. He just, he did one of those kind of Klopp answers that just kind of like veered into something else. And then once he'd, he had momentum behind him, then he just went for it. There was I no stopping he, him, was there? Was, he was actually asked, you know, although injuries have obviously been a right pain in the backside during the international break as there have been some positives, obviously, with Gini Wijnaldum, Van Dyke scoring, obviously Harry Wilson's free kick um, for Wales. And, and he kind of started off answering that, but then yeah, went back to, he said, you know, all of you lot made a lot out of my uh, comments about <laughs> the Nations League, that. which he, I think he described as the most senseless competition in the world of football before the international break, and that was after the Man City game. And um, yeah, over the next couple of minutes, he left everyone in no doubt that his feelings haven't changed on the back of uh, that decent game between uh, England and Spain. I think um you know he likened it to you know he, you, you love watching Anthony Joshua box but you wouldn't expect him to box every other night. Um you know he had an analogy in there about going to the opera as well about going to the opera's great but you don't want to do that every night.
0: He spoke about tons of his coffee There's machine. Coffee, yeah, that, yeah. yeah.
1: And he said yeah he said that he'd have been better off Voicing his criticism to the Nations League to his coffee machine because <laughs> he's realised that nobody else is interested. Um, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I think it just it just depends solely. You can understand why Premier League managers hate the Nations League because um, it's it's more competitive action that puts greater strain on their players, um, and we've seen you know the, the impact of that with certain players picking up knocks. But um, the other side of it is you know what we what we did after put up with during the international break at least was a lot better than the usual dross of watching pointless friendlies with seven or eight subs that just kills any momentum in games and a competitive edge to them. But, you know, that's great for the fans, but obviously not great for club managers who are, are worried about the demands being placed on their on their players.
0: Look, I'm no fan of uh, international football. I don't want to dwell on it too, lot, too much, but is it difficult <laughs> for the powers that be? Because on one hand, Paul, you're going to get Club managers like Klopp criticising the Nations League, but <laughs> there's got to be some international football, hasn't there? And and we all criticised friendlies. We all said how pointless they were, and and an injury in a friendly felt a hell of hell of a lot more pointless than perhaps this one. Is it? Is this the best
2: solution? The I Nations s- League? I suppose in a way it is. Um, it, they bring a little bit more of an added edge to to games than friendlies do, but they're not. I don't think too many people take the competition hugely seriously, other than the, the players who were involved and, and the managers. So it is—it's a, a difficult balance act, isn't it, for UEFA? And these games are, are going to have to be played at some point because you can't just have a league season and then no. you go off to international tournaments. And and England, you know, let's use them as an example. They haven't played together at all, and then Gareth Southgate's just mashing a load of players together and keeping his fingers crossed and. Hoping that it works, so it is a difficult one. And um, suppose you UEFA have done something about it to try and combat the, the the apathy that kind of runs throughout fans for their take on international friendlies. And they're doing something, but I, I can't see where Klopp's coming from. But you know, there's only so much UEFA can do. Um, none of us are particularly overly keen on, on international football, you know, generally, but. You do you do get people who who follow England far and wide and, mm. and follow their countries more than than particular clubs. So, it, it is it's a difficult balance act, But I'm glad to see that the the the, uh, the league football's back, the domestic action. Me too,
0: James. I think it's fair to say you get a bit more excited about England than Paul or I would. What do you, what what are your personal opinions on the nations league? Are you, are you behind it? Do you think Klopp's got a point? Is it difficult? What do you think?
1: It just depends what what hat you're wearing, doesn't it? From a yeah. from a Liverpool perspective, then. You can you can completely understand where he's coming from. You know he he solely is interested in in Liverpool's needs you, and requirements. But you've got to be realistic, but, and he's got to be realistic. Yeah, but I think the, the other thing is, like the you know the the Nations League wasn't responsible for the the injuries that the Liverpool, Liverpool players picked up. You think you know obviously uh, Mane, Salah, Kaita. You know there's nothing to do with the, the Nations League. Um, you know, even Van Dyke. I know, obviously, Van Dyke came back from, but he, you know, he went with an injury. He didn't it wasn't mm. like he, it was the demands of the Nations League, which, 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 which led to him having to pull out the the Netherlands squad. So I don't know. From from my personally, from I wouldn't have even bothered watching to be honest. Spain England, if you know, if that had been a friendly, just because I just I've I've, I've done those drives down to Wembley from Liverpool, new, like. Dozens of times over the years to cover England games. And, you know, when essentially the most exciting thing in the second half of those games is watching like the paper aeroplanes, <laughs> whether they can actually get onto the pitch. And like they are just pointless exercises. At least, at least watching that that England Spain game the other night, you actually thought it's a proper game, this. You know, you could see that, you know, there was some urgency to it. Spain, you know, were desperate to try and get back into it. And it was, you know, you put it in, you have to be put in context because it is only the Nations League. But it, I think at least it has added a point to to, to, to these games, but I can completely see Klopp's uh, you know thoughts on it as well because you know where where international managers before would experiment a lot more with friendly games, knowing that the outcome didn't bother. Now there's less of that, so it's it's better for fans in terms of the spectacle, but the knock-on effect means it's not great for clubs, and especially when your elite level players aren't aren't being given the breather that you hope they would be.
0: Okay, let's talk about those injuries because it felt like Klopp was a little bit guarded. He did confirm that Keita is um, almost certain yeah. not to play tomorrow, but he, he didn't comment much on Mane, which looked like a major doubt earlier in the week. Uh, Van Dijk, obviously Milner, Salah all trained, didn't they? Uh, what's it looking like? Keita's obviously out. Do you think Mane will be out?
1: Well, it's looking a lot, hell of a lot better than it did it the, mm. probably three or four days ago. Um, I, yeah, I think Mane's the one that they're waiting on. Mm. Um I think a lot a lot will hinge on whether he's able to play without too much discomfort with the, with a cast on his hand um obviously he's had he only had the surgery on wednesday he, he certainly was was nowhere near training on on thursday um so that I'd say that's that's touch and go whether whether he decides that that's Worth the risk. I think the way that Klopp operates, you know, will be, you know, a lot of it will be down to Mane himself, whether whether he can handle it, and whether the medical staff think there's any danger of, you know, if he went over on it, whether he could do any any further damage. But yeah, the massively positive news was that, you know, I think I think Van Dyke was always fine. To be honest, I got the impression from Van Dyke after Man City when he stopped to, to to speak to a few of us then that, I mean, he only then spoke about how they were playing Germany. And I always I kind of thought then that yeah, I reckon he'll only play in that because they only had one nations league game, didn't they? And yeah. So I think I think that was some kind of deal that had been done. To be honest, where yeah. Van Dyke was only ever going to play in that first game, and, um, and and you know that was that was a bit of a trade off. And so I think I was never really concerned about him. But obviously, you know, thankfully Salah weren't too sure what the deal was there. He's come back and trained normally. Milner's a massive positive because you know the talk was yeah, two yeah. weeks ago when he limped off that. You know although they were saying then that, because of his quick thinking in terms of coming straight off, how he definitely avoided a more significant hamstring injury that it would still be you know potentially three to four weeks as it is less than two weeks on he's back training, which I think says a lot about him and the, 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 he's an absolute machine, isn't he the way that um the, well, the way that he would have dedicated himself every day to ensuring that he did everything he could to get back um yeah- kaita. I think it'll be a few weeks before we see him back in a Liverpool shirt. Um, you know, not understand from the scan he had, not a major hamstring tear. But um,
0: you don't mess around with hamstrings. No,
1: no, it's just, and, and you know, especially I'm sure we'll go on to talk about with you know with Lallana being back around and and fit again. You know, there's no need to take any risks with Kaita.
0: Paul, of those players, then Van Dijk, Salah, Milner, we'll, we'll disregard Kaita because he won't play, Anna and and Manny. Who do you think? Klopp should, and who do you think he will rest tomorrow?
2: at Huddersfield, if any. Um, personally, I'd I'd think about leaving Salah out. I, I, I think it's, I think people are making a little bit too much about his form this season, being so much different to what it was last season. I, I don't think that has been that drastic, but I just think Huddersfield is a game that Liverpool should be taking maximum points from, if they're professional and they basically concentrate and they're out of from the off then. More than capable of beating Huddersfield without Salah, mm-hmm. so I just think giving him a break tomorrow would be ideal to get him fit and firing again for what has become a, a pretty big game on Wednesday against Red Star in the Champions League. So out of those three, I, I'd pick Salah, and I, I'd rather if I was to pick one to start, it would be Van Dijk because it's uh, probably going to be a, a very direct approach from the uh, from the home side on on Saturday evening, and and when Liverpool need him in there to basically do what he's been doing all season and, and performing at the back.
0: James, who would you risk, if any?
1: Yeah, I th- well, I think, I think I, I think I'd play all of the ones that that had doubts over them. That um, I think, well, the big, well, the big. Obviously, you can't really say on on Mane because I think, as you said, you'd you'd have to leave that almost decision with him. I think if he if he's able to play with the cast on his hand and there's not a major risk of doing more damage, then I still I, th- I still think you play you play Mane. I think I would definitely play Salah. Um, obviously Van Dyke. Has to play, and I think Milner as well in in centre midfield. I think you know he'd only been out for what, uh, you no, know, eleven, twelve days before he was back in full training. So um yeah, i I wouldn't have I wouldn't have too many concerns. They were only they only minor minor issues.
0: Is this not a game that you think Klopp didn't rotate his side much in the first sort of third of the season? And um he's got a great squad now, better squad than he's had at any point during his time at Liverpool. Uh, is this not the type of game now that you want to see him start rotating players? And I'm not I'm not saying wholesale changes, but start making those tweaks. You know, for example, if if those four have binned out, surely there's no point in risking all four of them when you've got games against Red Star, against Cardiff, against Fulham coming yeah,
2: up. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think tomorrow is a game where he can look to bring in maybe a Fabinho or a Shakiri in, in place of Salah. Um, I wouldn't personally risk Milner. Uh, so yeah, definitely, this is why Klopp's builds up the squad and it's the reason why before the ball was kicked, so many of us are saying this is such a strong Liverpool squad and it's it's one of the best that he's had in the last 25 years. So it's time to show it. Um, the games against Huddersfield away, these are the, if you say this about winning the title, you've got to just go there and, and yeah. pick up the points, haven't you? Same applies to Carter from Fulham and uh, you'd expect uh, maximum points against Red Star, home and away as well, so... Um, Klopp's got the squad there to do that, and I think tomorrow is a is a great chance to to, uh, to mix it up. James, no inkling that he will you'll make a few changes tomorrow.
1: He, he may well do, but I guess I don't know. I Just got the impression off him today that I think he was he was desperate to bang the drum that this is a really dangerous game for Liverpool, and I think accordingly, I don't think he'll be thinking about you know can I can I give people a breather. Um, and can I rotate with one eye on on Red Star or whatever that comes after that? I, th- I think he he was genuinely desperate to try and focus minds on this on this game. It was interesting, you know. He said he offered up again that when he had his sit down with the analyst to to look over the tapes on Huddersfield, he said the analyst said to him, you know, these are a lot better than you would you would imagine. Um, you know, the stats for Huddersfield are. Incredibly bleak in terms of you know eight, obviously eight games this season without a win or was it three points? They've only scored four goals, all of which have been on their travels. They've only scored one home league goal since the, I think eleventh of February, which is just you know an unbelievably barren run. Um And I think Klopp was genuinely worried about complacency being a, being an issue for Liverpool on Saturday evening because um he'll know that this. The talk around this game is so different uh, when you think that week that Liverpool had just before the international break. When obviously you, had, you know you had Chelsea twice, you had Napoli away, and then Man City. You know, massive game after massive game. You know, you you know you didn't really need to do anything in terms of motivating players. But you know, this this is a very different. I think this is a really dangerous game for Liverpool because everyone expects Liverpool to win. You know, it's it, it's. I don't think you know it, this this will be you know, a, a gimme really on a lot of people's weekend coupons. They'd expect Liverpool to to steamroller Huddersfield, even though Liverpool haven't really looked like steamrollering anyone, um, you know, in the, in the last last month or so. Um, you know, been very solid defensively, but, you know, not particularly fluent going forward. So, I don't know. I, th- I just think that would be in Klopp's thinking, you know, that that I think he'll want to field the strongest possible team that he can. Um you know, I think the, the other thing, trying to second guess what he'll go with, is awkward. Is is, is uh, so you know the other players that you'd say could potentially come in, well, Lalana, you know, he's played so little football. You know, would it be too much of a risk to just chuck him straight in the starting lineup? I think it probably would be. Um, Sturridge is the one that you'd say, you know, he couldn't have done much more before the international break in terms of staking a claim for a start. But you know, Klopp spoke, didn't he? I think, well, you know, when obviously. I think Sturridge has you know, scored Liverpool's last two goals in, the, in terms of. The, you know, I think Liverpool I'm, I think in the last six and a half hours of football, Sturridge is the only one that scored. But you know, hasn't earned him a start yet. Um, so you know that will be interesting whether he does that. He was asked today about you know how close is Fabinho. Of course, Fabinho still hasn't even graced the Premier League with Liverpool yet. And he said, he said, well, he said, I can't really tell you because I haven't seen him for twelve days. So, you know, that's an awkward one because, you know, you could say, okay, is the time right for Fabino, But, you know, what, what is Klopp basing that on? It's not, I'd, I'd be a lot lot happier with Fabino coming in if he'd spent the last fortnight at Melwood, which he hasn't. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a really tricky balancing act for Klopp. But I think that there's no way that he'll be, he'll be holding anyone back who, who he thinks is fit and ready. Um, you know, because I, I think he knows this is a really dangerous game.
0: Okay, let's go through Klopp's options with a bit more of a forensic eye. We'll start with Adam Lallana, uh, a man who I've got to admit, I, I did he I did even wonder whether he'd be at Liverpool this season. Never mind mm. coming back into contention, um, but with Cater injured and, and and Liverpool have struggled in that sort of creative midfield department. Paul, is he somebody that could now get himself back into contention to be a regular starter?
2: Yeah, it's a, certainly a big chance. Uh He's played, what, three minutes this season? He came off the bench against Palace, didn't he, for the last few minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, hasn't really played since the Champions League final when he was thrown into the thick of the action and he was unfit. Mm-hmm. But Liverpool have, as you say, Liverpool have struggled for that creative spark in the in the midfield. They haven't always needed it with the front three that they've had for the past 12 months or so. Um, but at the moment, the front three aren't necessarily firing on all cylinders, so there is an, a, an opportunity there for someone in, in, in midfield to come in and, and just kind of make things happen and, and he's he's someone you would look at you know when everyone's 100% fit and ready because uh, he, he's got that lovely little bit of skill in his locker hasn't he and he can open up the fences and he gets his fair share of goals actually to be fair to him so he might be looking at it over the next next month or so and just thinking this is a chance to kind of remind everyone what I'm all about.
0: Lallard was quite an important player in Klopp's first full season at Liverpool do you, do you think he's still got that in him though James? He's had a lot of injuries.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the question mark against him in that, you know, I think I do think in modern day football, people are so quick to re- write people off though. Cause I've seen a lot mm. of people kind of like turn their nose up at the idea of, of Lalana still having a, a big part to play this season. And we'll talk about him like he's like 50 rather than 30. <laughs> um, you know, I I, I, I still think he can, he can make an impression. I think, I think the problem has been for him over the last twelve months that kind of every time he's got back, he's never really been able to get back to anywhere near the level that he can play at before he's got another issue, and he's been, you know, he's never never been able to get any kind of rhythm or momentum behind him. Um, so you know, hopefully, he just to be honest, he just needs some luck more than anything else. Um, because you're right, I think you think back to Klopp's first season, and he was absolutely massive, wasn't he? To to how to how Liverpool played, and of course, the team has changed and evolved massively since then but I, I don't know i don't go along with this idea that liverpool have some way like left him behind and you know that he's no longer of the level because you know if, if adam lana was fit and 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 firing anywhere near the level he can do you know i, I still think he gets in the england team and, and he's a he's a regular at liverpool so hopefully you know i think probably is more likely to be off the bench than starting just because what was it three minutes of first team football he's played this season but um yeah, I, I still think he could prove to be a really valuable player. And you know, listening to Klopp today, kind of he left you in no doubt that you know his admiration for Lallana is is massive. And all the, you know, all the talk this week has been how sharp um, he's looked in training, and people are very impressed with how he's you know he, he's, he's used the last two or three weeks since he was given the all clear to to be back in full training again.
0: Okay, let's just say for argument's sake then that Lallana isn't is an option and could start tomorrow. Where, where do you start him? Does he does he play in that midfield three where perhaps Milner has played this season as, as the more advanced one, which he, he played a lot uh, in Klopp's first season? Or does he play as one of the, the front three and you can rest Mane or Salah? Because, you know, in Klopp's first season, I think he played Sadio Mane right, Coutinho came yeah. off the left a lot or, or sometimes he'd bring the ladder in what what would you do with him do you still think he's got the legs to play out there out wide
2: I'd have him centrally personally mm-hmm. um, he he play, he come on on the right didn't he in the Champions League final yeah. in place of Salah and I, I don't think it's ever really suited him playing out wide I think he, if you ask him he, he might tell you that he prefers to be central where yeah. you can affect the game a lot more you're not just waiting to, to receive the ball in wide areas so um, I think that's probably where he, he operates best and uh, I, I'd put him there personally
0: he had some magnificent games in that season. I yeah. think back to the Leicester game, that that's the opening of the new stand, yeah. wasn't it? When he scored a wonderful goal and yeah, was really yeah. creative. He's, he's still he's capable of creating goals of scoring goals, isn't
1: he? Yeah, and I, I go on with what Paul said. I th- I, th- I think he's probably most influential in like that advanced central role. And you know, we've talked about it a lot that because because the front three haven't been firing as as they did in the second half of last season. There has been a, a shortage of. Kind of spark and guile from 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 the midfield three, and I think he can provide that. I think um, I'd be slightly concerned about throwing him straight in. No, against, I, I, against I, I just meant for argument's sake. So. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I just think what, what he offers is something that this Liverpool team is lacking at the moment. And before before Kaita got that that injury this week, I thought you know what what a chance now for Kaita to. To to really start delivering and showing showing us all what we thought Liverpool had bought in the summer, um, but we, you know with him likely to be out for a, for a couple of weeks, you know you think this you know this the, this is a good time for Lallana and he needs to grasp it because you know there's not going to be an infinite number of of chances for him and especially with the, the fixed you know relatively kind fixture list over the the next coming month, you know a big chance for him to to make an impression against. Some uh, you know some limited opposition in games when Liverpool to have a huge amounts of the ball and breaking teams down and, and finding a way through is is, is going to be absolutely crucial.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, Fabinho then second of Klopp's options. Somebody that you talked about today, he, as you say, James, he didn't he didn't see a great deal of him over the international break, but it felt like he was starting to come into contention a little bit more towards the end of that that end, that run of seven mm-hmm. games. Um, we'd expect to see Liverpool see a lot of the ball tomorrow. Is that not a game that you think Fabinho could come in where perhaps he's not having to win as many balls in that midfield area and he's going to see a lot lot more of it and Liverpool are going to be able to play on the front foot a bit more?
2: Yeah, definitely. The, the reason he, he, he was bought was to essentially beef up the midfield, wasn't he? And, and give it a little bit of presence that yeah. many felt wasn't there in previous years. So... It's been, it's been a tough adjusting period, what are we now, mid-October, and, and he's still waiting for his first Premier League start, and he was a £40 million signing. So you can understand why, there's, there's some people question why, but slowly but surely we're led to believe he's getting up to the, the kind of speed and the style that Klopp wants him to be at. And I think now it is a, a great chance for him, because I think Liverpool going into these next few games would have been nailed on favourites, aren't they? I think Arsenal away is the one that you look at, and you think that that's obviously... Going to be the toughest one of this this uh, run of half a dozen games, so I think put him in into the action. It's away from home, so you know we might be needed to maybe dig in a little bit more at certain times and and put your foot in and, and basically make yourself known as to why you're a 40 million pound defensive midfielder. So um, I think Huddersfield away is probably an ideal opportunity to to basically give him a start and uh, start showing why he was so uh, highly thought of or, or is.
1: The Blood Red Podcast, brought to you by Footy Five. Play today at thepools.com. James, Fabinho. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we've just seen so little of him, haven't we? It's still mm. very difficult to... He's got to play some
2: time. At some point, yeah. He's yeah, a-
1: but then, I don't know, listening to Klopp, the way he was talking today, I thought, you know, the, the standout line was, yeah, he's close, but I haven't seen him for the last 12 days or whatever, and... um and and said you know there's only one reason why he hasn't played more regularly so far because i've thought others were were better equipped to to do that job so um
0: would you be more tempted to bring him in for the red star game yeah,
1: perhaps yeah i think potentially um i think we, we, you know we're going to have to see more of him soon but um yeah i don't know i just i just think with with the general Feeling around this game of it being a dangerous game for Liverpool, is, is it too much of a risk? To, I don't. I'm not. I'm not convinced that Klopp knows exactly what he's going to get from Fabinho yet. And mm. yeah, maybe, maybe Red Star at home is is probably a, a better game for him for him to come in. Mm-hmm.
2: It's difficult, isn't it, trying to pinpoint the ideal place to blow them in because there's only so many teams that Liverpool are going to need a defensive midfielder, and you'd probably say team in the relegation zone isn't going to be one of them. But at some point, he's going to have to get thrown into the action and, and see what he's all about. Uh, I think he only played... I think he came off the bench early in the second half for Brazil against Argentina on, on was it Monday night. Um, so I don't think he'll have been overly s- stretched by the international break. So why not? I mean, Liverpool are going to be favoured going into this. So throw him in there and, and see what he's all about.
1: I suppose the one thing in his favour for this game is that physical presence he gives you yeah, yeah. would would help against Huddersfield I think you know if I think what if have only scored four goals I think two of their goals this season have come from defenders and they are a threat from mm-hmm. from set pieces uh, and balls into the box so you know may, maybe that will, will count in his favor when when Klopp's come into to finalize his eleven
0: I, I just think you've got to get these guys in the team at some point and I, I know
1: what do you do it, but then do you play Henderson further forward or do you not play Henderson or? I,
0: I would play with with tomorrow with the with the doubts about Milner, usually I would I would say one of Henderson and Wijnaldum sits out whilst whilst Fabinho plays, but with Milner having doubts about him and I, I wouldn't want to risk him, I, I would play Henderson a touch further forward. Yeah, it's it's funny because why hasn't Klopp been tempted to play Henderson in that position? Of course, he played it before quite effectively in the past, but since he's moved to to a deeper position, Klopp doesn't seem to want nah. to move him there, does he? It's been two years now
2: as well, hasn't he? Yeah. He's played in that that, that role,
0: and it. it do you do you think there's any reason why Henderson can't play further on anymore?
1: No, I, but I think you're right. The fact that Klopp hasn't even you know, it's not even like as if he's shaking it up in certain games. And we've seen Henderson go back to that role. He it just seems to be you know he's when Alden seems to you know is, is very versatile yeah. and and gets played all over the place. And Klopp seems to you know he's his go to man when he needs someone to to change. But yeah, for, for whatever reason, you know Henderson, he sees as the as the holding midfielder, and we haven't really seen him, you know, where we used to see him. And I, th- I think he can definitely he can definitely still play that role further forward. Um, you know, that was his one for a long time. That was like his one big asset, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. The fact that he was that great athlete who could burst beyond defenders and and actually, you know, get in and 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 do some damage. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't know, I, I'd be surprised if we see Fabinho and Henderson in the same Liverpool lineup.
0: It's Do you think that's Fabinho's biggest problem, is that you've got Henderson, who's been playing in that position a lot, and, and Klopp seems to like him there, plus Wijnaldum, who's played in that defensive position and played very well uh, earlier in the season, I'm thinking as well, and there's some big games last season. I mean, it's, it's almost like others have... Stake have the claim for that position and, and Fabinho now has to get past not one but two players.
2: Yeah, it's a good point and I think if you think of traditional defensive midfielders they're always very strong in the tackle, powerful, try to keep it simple and basically just eat up the ground and, and put out fires but Klopp's defensive midfielders aren't that, are they? Wijnaldum no. and Henderson are more energetic. They do cover a lot of ground but that's basically because of the, the system that Klopp employs. Um, so they're not traditional defensive midfielders whereas Fabinho... Obviously, he started his career as a right back and was converted into that role. He's more of what you would consider a traditional defensive mid, where Klopp doesn't really use. So it was interesting that he was bought. Um, it's it's as I said, it's it's an area where some people think Liverpool have, have lacked for however long, and maybe Klopp was thinking horses for courses over the season, and and someone like that will be needed. Um. So maybe that maybe that's it. Maybe tomorrow is, is an ideal chance for him. Okay. Do you, I
1: think Wijnaldum has made life more difficult for yeah, both, yeah. For Bino and Keita mm. because you know back in the summer when obviously the two of those came in you did look at it and thought who's most vulnerable and Wijnaldum did look as if you know you'd certainly have him high up on that list but he's been you know you could make a claim that he's been Liverpool's best most consistent player so Definitely. far this season you know, maybe maybe just behind Van Dyke, but you know, he, he's been absolutely brilliant Wijnaldum and you know whether it's in that holding role um you know he's so strong in terms of the way he shields the ball and and you and uses it wisely and then further forward you know the the injection of of kind of pace and the way in which he you know uses you know he p- he picks out teammates so i think that that's been the thing that's made life difficult for for both those new boys the fact that when Alden's just been so good um and i think he talked about it recently about You know how he had to embrace the fact that these two new players were coming in because he said, you know, it's just life at a massive club like Liverpool. It's going to happen. You know full well that if there's someone, I think his one of his quotes was, you can guarantee you you know whatever whatever the top midfielders are in Europe at the moment, Liverpool will be looking at them and will be potentially trying to sign one of them next summer. So you know it it goes with the territory that you have to keep raising your own standards if you want to if you want to stay at a club like Liverpool and. He's certainly done that so far this season. You know, I thought he was brilliant against City before the the international break. Um, and yeah, you know, I think at the moment when Alden is like completely undroppable. I think when you it, where where before you were maybe thinking that he was he was the one most likely to be left out. I think now it's it's when Alden plus two others in there.
2: And you could also change his role, couldn't you? Because have you anyone seen the goal that he scored for for Holland against was it France or Germany? I think it was Germany it was, Germany, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was Gerard Esque, wasn't it against uh, Sheffield Wednesday all those years ago where he dropped the shoulder past two men and then just rifled it in and he was known his career began as a, as a an attacking midfielder who scored plenty of goals and he was that for Newcastle wasn't yeah. he when Liverpool bought them so uh, that's, that's definitely a thing that he's got to his bow so maybe he could play as the the uh, the attacking midfielder maybe
0: is that a bit frustrating that we haven't seen that sign that when Albion ran Alderman enough at Liverpool because that was a cracking goal the way he drove on the mm. way he dropped the shoulder and if if you could just get a bit more of that out of him like you say James I think he's been undroppable this season but he'd be one of the top because he's got every attribute he'd be <laughs> yeah, one of yeah. the top midfielders in the Premier League wouldn't he yeah
1: yeah yeah. well but I must because obviously I remember being at St James's a few years back when when he caused Liverpool a lot of problems and he's got it twice didn't yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and and so when Liverpool bought him, I, I thought Liverpool were essentially buying, you know, like someone, you know, not not quite a Shakiri, but that kind of type in terms of someone who was very much attacking and and you know made made that difference in the final third. And mm. then under Klopp, you know, he, he's just, you know, Klopp has, has has seen him play in a very different role. And I think he, he's such a selfless footballer in terms of, I think you're right. You want to see more from him attacking wise, but I think a lot of it is he does a job for the team, and he quite often he is that link. You know, when when one of the fullbacks goes forward, he he tends to be one of the ones that that drops in and and covers. And you know, I, I think that that's been the big surprise for me that I, that I thought Liverpool were getting. You know, quite a not I suppose a selfish in a way a selfish attacking player that that could make a make a difference in in tight games. But in actual fact, he's he's a hell of a lot more than that. You know, he's a you know not not far off a complete midfielder and you know, every attribute you'd want in a midfielder. He's got. Um, you just love him to add a few more goals to his game, um, because yeah, you know I, when you see him do what it, what he did for the Netherlands, you, you know you you, you you kind of wonder why how on earth did he manage to go so long without without scoring an an, an away an away goal? Yeah. Um, it was that was crazy really. Because but yeah, you know on on current form, you know he's he's absolutely massive to this Liverpool team.
2: I think a lot of it as well is to try and facilitate the front three. Um, Klopp's midfield is basically. Swarm around the the opposition, press as hard as they can, as quick as they can, and then basically get it and and try and feed the front three. So I think that's probably impacted on his his goal output, whereas, you know, when Liverpool win it, it's it's release it quickly forward, isn't it, to Mane or Salah. And the the midfield line is is maybe not as encouraged as much to get forward and try and get on the score sheet. It's more about feeding the front three, who are are the big goal threat.
0: Do you think then then, that's why the Shaqiri in attacking midfield experiment is dead after 45 minutes against <laughs> Southampton.
1: I mean, yeah, I was surprised that he has seemingly abandoned that because I actually thought it made for it made for a great spectacle. But I think for Klopp, it was just interesting the fact that he, you know, he said we didn't have enough control. Mm. And you think, well, how much control do you want when you're 3-0 up? up or whatever? But <laughs> I, think, I think that was just a sign of how the style has evolved under Klopp where yeah. maybe 12 or 18 months before he would have thought do you know what? Yeah, it's a bit too open, but we're three 0 up. We could win this by six or seven. Yet now I think the mindset is, what? Why bother? You know, using that energy when why not just shut up shop and, and win the game and 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 you know and look, already look head towards the next game. And yeah, I think it's a shame because I think Shakiri's been underused so far. Um, you know, he's another one that again it's awkward not knowing. You know what kind of shape he's come back in. Yeah, obviously played played for Switzerland during the international break. He's not been around, um, but I was really surprised that he didn't bring him on in Naples when when Liverpool were crying out for a change attacking wise. And again, you know that night I think Klopp you know, was quite slow to change it because I, because I think he thought you know we've been bad but we're on the verge of, of nicking a nil nil. That you know we'll we'll take that kind of thing and then he didn't it didn't it didn't bring him on did he against City? No, either? didn't. No,
0: didn't, didn't bring him on either of those games.
1: So which which I can you know I, I feel a bit for Shakiri because I think when he every time he has come on he's he's made a difference and obviously he got a bit of a roller in didn't he, off Klopp after the League Cup tie against Chelsea because Klopp wasn't happy about him. I think I think oh, he he at wanted the end to of take, the game with the free it, kick he wasn't wanted it? him to take a free kick didn't yeah. he and it, I think he didn't I think Henderson was it taking it. Yeah. And up and Matt rolled it yeah. off the goal kick and that was that yeah. So but yeah I I, th- I think Shakiri's definitely one that I'd find room for on um, on Saturday.
2: Okay.
0: All right, in terms of trying to find room for players, Theo Squires brought this to my attention before. He was trying to get Daniel Sturridge in his team for the weekend and he's trying to find a way of playing Sturridge and Firmino, and the only way he could do it was by playing a diamond in midfield and playing Firmino up top alongside Sturridge. Do you think there's any way that those two can get in the team
2: other than that? Because you don't really want to push Firmino out wide to those wide areas, do you? No, you don't, and and I think Sturridge would be even less effective if he was out wide, so it's a tough one. I think if Klopp's ever going to do that, and he'll need more than the time he's had at Melwood with his players this week, I think it could be an option certainly got the midfielders uh, to to play in the four there, because
0: that could also give you the protection to play, say, a Shaqiri in a in a
2: more advanced role. Yeah, it? yeah, because then you could you could pick, you know, Henderson at the base or Wan and Fabinho or Cater if he's fit. But um, I I I I mean, it's a it, it's an exciting prospect, and and you would like to see both of those players up front and and see what they can do as a partnership, but. I don't think Huddersfield tomorrow is going to be the game to do it because I ju- I just don't think Klopp's had the time to to change the system and work on the shape, and um, if he did, they could easily come unstuck.
1: Yeah, I would go along with that. I think yeah. it was interesting. Klopp was asked today, you know, how how does the preparation for this game differ to others when you've got a full week, and he he, he said, you know, it, it is massively different because you have to just ply the players with information, yeah. you have to pack in meetings, you know, back to back about about you know what what the game plan is. And yeah, I, I don't think he'll be making it any compli- more complicated than it has to be by, by suddenly trying to introduce a new formation that they've, they've hardly worked on. So yeah, yeah it may be it's an option further down the line, but I'd, I'd be amazed if we saw that on Saturday evening.
0: Do you think storage could play against Red Star? Of course he started up front against Paris Saint-Germain and did well.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it'd be interesting to see what, what does he do with Firmino? Because I was worried about like Firmino. I thought, was really poor against City just before the international break, and I only saw brief highlights of of um, Brazil Argentina. But um, from what I was told, Firmino wasn't wasn't great in that game either. And um, that was in a two of front as well. That was with Jesus. Yeah. So
0: he's weird because he only seems to work in one system, yeah. doesn't he, Firmino? In one position in one system.
1: Yeah, I think just just because he, for so long we were so used to Firmino being so influential and so key to our Liverpool play, you, you suddenly notice it a lot more when he's but he's not absolutely bang on it. So I don't know. I'd be, I'd be tempted to You talk about giving Salah a breather, but I'd, I'd be tempted to give Firmino a breather to be yeah. honest at, at Huddersfield. I think, I just think, especially because I think the Storage Sturridge has been around mm. as well. Um, you know, I don't think, I think it's nearly a year since Sturridge started a Premier League game. I think it's, Really? Yeah. Where um, did he start against last season? I think it was last November. I think it was. Because obviously he went he went out on loan, didn't he? In, yeah. the, in the January. Mm-hmm. I, the, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd be tempted to go Salah, Sturridge, Shaqiri for my front three.
0: Okay, let's talk a little bit about Huddersfield. Uh, James alluded to it before. Klopp said they, they were a trap in his press conference today. And I've got to admit, I, the way I look at Huddersfield, they're already down. Uh, <laughs> mathematically, them and Cardiff are already gone. I don't know how that's Wagner happened. Wagner will be but pinning this
1: podcast on uh, the dressing room.
0: He may well do. But I, I, looking back at the two games last season, 3-0 both games, and I remember especially the way, away from home, Matip, I think, was playing centre-half that day and it was just dictating play yeah, from, from like past the halfway it? line. It, it was it was ridiculous. and I, I'd probably never seen Liverpool dominate a game in the Premier League as much, especially away from home, as much as I did in that game. So perhaps my, my feeling is I'm almost dismissing Huddersfield. Is that a problem... For us all, are we all dismissing Huddersfield? Do you, do you think we are being complacent and do you think Klopp will be especially guarded against that? Pub?
2: Yeah, I think I agree with both of that. I think supporters are basically tagging us up as three points and seeing if we can put pressure on City and Chelsea, but Klopp was at pains to, to stress that that isn't the case in his conference today, wasn't he? Um, he? He always does with these type of games, to be fair to me. He always maintains that, you know, no game's won before it's before it's full-time whistle or whatever and that's the way it should be. That that that's what you the, the message you want your manager to be putting out, don't you? If you're a fan, and although plenty of supporters see this as a, as a gimme, Klopp isn't seeing it that way. And and no, should he? Um, I think his mate might do him a little favour. Might and think, go on, we'll we'll, uh, we'll roll over for you, and you can take the three points and go <laughs> top of the Premier League. If, if anything,
0: though, <laughs> Klopp should be doing him a favour. They need some points, <laughs> yeah. and it's his birthday.
2: Well, yes. Yeah, um, Maybe he should, but <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Liverpool's fan base will be a lot angrier than uh, than Huddersfield if Liverpool uh, don't come away with the three points. Yeah, it's it is a bit of a banana skin, but they haven't been great at all after this season. Um, they, they stayed last season and found it just as tough so far this season. Um, I don't think the, the squad's great. Liverpool are better in every single department and if Liverpool concentrate and are switched on, then I, I can't see past uh, an away win.
0: Is that the big problem for Klopp now in this period, barring the Arsenal game, is just complacency because I think we're all looking at this period of games now thinking Liverpool come out with not maximum points maybe, but almost maximum points and, and they're putting real pressure on those front runners.
1: Yeah, I think he'll, in the back of his mind he'll be worried that for for his players psychologically maybe coming back and you know a bit, bit fatigued and knackered after all the travelling and the international games that you like look at and you think oh thank god it's only huddersfield <laughs> you know and, and and obviously you read stuff about their lack of goals and their you know their lack of points and 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 you just think it'll just happen and we've we have seen games like that time and time again where you know you you'd, you'd expect liverpool to to just go and walk over a team and it and it doesn't happen i think you know the, the one of the one of the, the best best stats i saw knocking around this week was i think the last Liverpool haven't won any of their last six Premier League away games against teams who started the day in the bottom three, which, you know, and I'm and I'm sure Klopp will be uh, will That's be more crazy than, aware of that. That's yeah. crazy it's, um I mean, it's <laughs> it's uh, I yeah, think they have I think it, we've already done it. I think it was it was it was since the the, the last time Liverpool beat a uh, a team that was in the bottom three away from home in the Premier League was that six 0 Aston Villa. That's and crazy, um and you you think since then, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head which the other ones do. I mean, there was the draw at West Brom towards mm. the back end of the last season. Obviously, a bit of an asterisk next to that one because Liverpool had one eye on, on Europe and the Champions League at the time. Um, but then there was the game at Swansea. I think mm. that was that back in January time that yeah. slipped up then. Uh, I think another one was Leicester, who of course were in the bottom three when was it when, when uh, just after Ranieri had gone. Was that the year before last? That must have been the year before last because the they won at Leicester yeah. last year, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, and then yes, there's, and I think Burnley was one of the ones in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it is a bit of a mad stat. I think I think it's two out under Klopp. They've won two out of nine Premier League away games against teams who start the day in the bottom three. Um, so you know, I, if if uh, if Klopp is looking to focus a few minds ahead of r five on Saturday evening, then he he might be showing them that statistic because. Um, yeah, you know Liverpool have been in this position numerous times where you know you, 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 they they were expected to win um, and, and they weren't able to do it. So um, you know the the warning is there. Okay,
0: before we sign off, I want you both to pick your teams and give me a prediction. I'll go first to give you some inspiration, Paul. Um, Alison, I think Alexander Arnold <laughs> comes back in.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> who, who are you leaving out in the centre back?
0: I'm going to leave Lovren out, and not not because he deserves it, but because. I liked that partnership of Van Dyke and Gomez, although I, I wouldn't risk Van Dyke in any way. If, he, if he's got any issues, then he doesn't play, but I think he I think he will. So I, I think that partnership was doing well. It was blossoming. I'd like to see that come back. So Van Dyke and Gomez, and then uh, Robertson left back in midfield. I think you've just got to go with Henderson, Wijnaldum and, and Milner. And then up front, I wouldn't risk Mane. I don't expect him to play, to be honest. I've got a feeling he won't. So Shaqiri, Salah and uh, Firmino. Paul, and, and by the way, prediction 3-0 Liverpool win, they've already, they've already won this game, just <laughs> I, they might be field. the famous last yeah. words but what well, does field have gone?
2: I've got the same back five as you, uh, I think Alexander Arnold will go back to, to right back and Gomez moved across with Van Dijk Robertson, I'm giving Fabinho his debut go ahead, Paul. Um, and then I've gone for Alderman and Henderson, James Milner can and rest up I'm dropping Salah, well I'm, I'm resting Salah, uh, I've gone with Shakiri on the right, uh, Mane plays because I don't think, what was the status i seen earlier this week? I no one, no one's
0: ever missed a game with a yeah.
2: broken thumb. I uh, think the only one who has was a goalkeeper, wasn't it?
0: Must have been a bad break though, he had an op. Really, yeah. Yeah.
2: Changed oh. his mind now. Yeah. Uh, no, no, <laughs> Second I'm, thought. I'm, sti- I'm sticking him in. He, he can put a big, Call th- us th- own jab. big thumbs up when he scores, that'll be the celebration. Um, so Mane, Shakiri, and Firmino. Okay. And the prediction. Um, I think it might just be a, a, a regulation 2 0 win. 2 0 win.
1: I think what to do at centre back is a massive it's, it's a tough dilemma one, because Lovren did so well when he came into the side against Man City. Mm. And Gomez and Van Dyke were brilliant before that. But then you think about how well that Lovren Van Dyke partnership did in the second half of last season. I'd be tempted to, to go with the same back four as against Man City. Okay. And keep, just because I think also Gomez's height at right back may be. Might be useful. Um So yeah, just I'll go deep with thinker, isn't he, James? I'll go with deep tactical thinker. I just well, can't be got it? Just feel the same again. The, um, <laughs> and then, yeah, so, uh, midfield wise, I'm gonna go, stick with Henderson, Milner, Wijnaldum, and then front three. Um, gonna rest Firmino. I'm gonna go for Salah, Sturridge, and Shakiri and and tell Sadio he can rest his thumb.
0: Yeah, and um, result.
1: 4-1
0: Liverpool So all that, all, you've given it loads before about how tough Huddersfield can be and you just go oh, on. they're
1: terrible, <laughs> 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 but terrible No, I just said the clock <laughs> was desperate to focus minds but yeah, if, to be honest if Liverpool are anywhere they, it just comes down to attitude and, mm. and, and whether they've got it in their legs because if, it, if, it, if, it, if Liverpool play anywhere near the level they can then, then they'll be far too strong for Huddersfield. You know, Klopp said a lot of nice things about them today and talked about how they've had two separate seasons—one in terms of performances, one in terms of results. But you know what he said, which actually w- was absolutely bang on, was he said it was an absolute miracle by Wagner to get Huddersfield up, another miracle to keep them up, and how it would be a hat trick of miracles if he does the same this season, which I think sadly will prove be proved beyond yeah. him. Um, because they're they're a really nice club as well, you know. Really enjoyed going there last season. Lo- you know, lovely people, but they, they're <laughs> just unfortunately they're in in a cutthroat Premier League. They're just not particularly good, and and <laughs> Liverpool. It's a nice way sh- of saying it. Yeah, and Liverpool <laughs> should should make a pretty light work of dealing with them.
0: Well, there you have it. Huddersfield are ah, rubbish. Liverpool have already won.
1: <laughs> I mean, so we just
0: move on. Thanks for joining in. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Paul's mum. Thanks to all the mums. <laughs> this, this podcast is for you and we'll see you again on Monday, hopefully with Ian Doyle back in the hot seat um, to discuss a massive win at Huddersfield.
1: You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.